what, what do you see is like the biggest common issue that just these startups typically face? That uh, way too many people are focused on the thing they make. It's become easier to create a thing. So when you build a thing, you know, a digital product, it's not about what you created. And when you ask people, for example, you know, can you pitch me your product? And you hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm better, cooler, faster, fancier than, you know, whatever other products are out there. I really believe that eventually it's about the value you, you deliver. All right, what is going on, t Daily? Welcome back to another episode. Another banger today, we have the founder uh, of EarlyOnes.co, a platform I actually found out discovering Web3 normally on a casual night, and I came across EarlyOnes, and I'm like, dude, I need to get this guy on the podcast. So, Bram, welcome on board. Uh, tell us about yourself, man. How are you? That's a good introduction, man. Thanks for finding us. I mean, uh, we're just starting out, so it's awesome you already found us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thanks for, for this invite. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Bram Kanstein. I'm uh, from uh, the Netherlands, based there, uh, creative internet entrepreneur for, I think, the past uh, eight-ish years, uh, built and sold several things and uh, in crypto since 2012 and now since two years, I think, really into the Web3 rabbit hole and since about four or five months together with my co-founder, David, uh, yeah, we're building early ones. So. Um, if that's an intro, then <laughs> if it's good enough for you. For sure, an <laughs> intro. You, you said you were in crypto since 2012? Yes. So how did you come across crypto so early? I'm, I'm, I'm very envious of you right now because I got into crypto in 2021, like the beginning of the year. And like what I find, like I call you guys the pioneers because if you're anyone that's uh, before crypto in 2015, I call you guys like the pioneers of crypto. So mm-hmm. it's always so fascinating mm-hmm. to come, mm-hmm. come across. Yeah, person. yeah. It's been in the space for so long. Well, it's a, it's, it's a fun and sad story at the same time, I think. Uh, so actually what I always say, I've been in crypto since 2012 and I always say I discovered Bitcoin at like three, $400. And I always mention the price, not to brag, but just more to share. Like I found it when the price wasn't really that important. So for me, uh, I'm, I'm a super Bitcoin maxi, you know, like uh, I got converted on the tech. Uh, but yes, I also bought Bitcoin at 400 I sold it at, uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand a pop or something. So uh, don't, don't be that, that envious. Um, of course, later I got, uh, I got back in and uh, some of the, uh, well, actually all of the um, products, uh, my products that were acquired have been paid in Ethereum, uh, which was better than, uh, than what I made off of Bitcoin, luckily. Um, but yeah, how I found Bitcoin, I don't know, I've always been on on Twitter, just on the internet surfing, uh, finding new stuff to try out and discover what people are building, you know, and Bitcoin was one of the things that just, yeah, kind of popped up, I think, in a, in a YouTube video I saw where someone just explained it. And I was like, I love the internet and the internet needs a currency. So here it is, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how it went, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. That works right enough. So, Brim, obviously you've been in the entrepreneurial realm right for quite a while this is not your first business when it comes to early ones and i think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs now that are trying to get in right or they're waiting until there's actually more foundation in the crypto world so tell me more about obviously your experience and like what made you want to go from you know web 2 or previous regular product and services to be like you know what i need to build a startup in web 3 and here's what i'm going to do yeah yeah so my background in in web 2 is um 
so I've built uh, my own products, but I also did a lot of consulting with like uh, startup teams and entrepreneurs, but also uh, uh, innovate, uh, innovation teams within bigger corporates. So um, I'm always, well, for the past few years, I've been really focused on what I always call like the first two years of an idea, like what is your idea? What is it worth? How do you go to market? How do you validate your idea, etc.? So I've always been really interested in kind of that part. So I've always been super active on Product Hunt, for example, and just sharing new products that I that I found. And um, I see uh, a lot of people building, you know, now in Web three, or at least some people are still building now that the market is kind of kind of down. Mm -hmm. um, but I see a lot of potential in Web three, where um, yeah, you know there through like the technology and the, and the tokens that we have and a kind of new way to uh, like exchange value with each other. I can, I, I see a shift from web two to web three, where kind of the relationship to uh, of the people that are building a product and the people who are customers or users of that product gets more equal, right? You know, like in web two, you have this famous saying, uh, you know, if the product is free, you are the product. Uh, the example of Facebook, I think is, is, is very good where you know what you what you get out of facebook for what you put into facebook is is very skewed right so you get for some sure. likes you get some interaction or entertainment or whatever but whatever you do on facebook you know feeds their algorithm or counts as a view of an ad or you know there's there's lists of things that uh you know you add to facebook and there's there's not so much what you get in return so what i see for web3 and by the way, the Facebook example is very easy, I, I think, to to give. You know, everyone hates Facebook, but I think I, I think it's a good example of at least um, when you transition to Web three, you can um, kind of argue that due to the technology, we can have a more equal value exchange where um, maybe it's not always even. You know, what someone who uses a product gets out uh, of using the product compared to what the builder gets out. You know. But at least conceptually, I think we can make it more equal. And that's what really interests me about the possibility of Web3. I think we're definitely not there yet. Um, but that is also where the idea for early ones actually came from. And that uh, is connected to what I previously said about my interest in these really early stages where, you know, when you're figuring out if your concept makes any sense or your idea makes any sense, you have to talk to people, you have to get feedback, interview people, you know, get people on your beta to try it out, etc. And in Web2, this is already really difficult. And I think not a lot of people actually do this uh, well. Um, and it's difficult because, you know, uh, tactics that people know are uh, doing ads on social, for example, on Twitter or Instagram, sending people to a landing page or a survey to gather some insights. Uh, but in Web3, this is way more difficult because everyone is a wallet and just a PFP. Uh, these tactics of using social networks is not possible. You cannot do any crypto token related ads. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where the idea for early ones uh, came from. So we are building a, a market research platform for Web3, uh, which is in essence a marketplace where on one side, people who build a new product in Web3 can create listings uh, uh, that revolve around market research activities. So a survey listing or feedback listing or requests for uh, people to interview. And then on the other side, we have verified Web3 users that can then uh, yeah, contribute and take part in these listings. And uh, when they do that successfully, they get uh, crypto rewards for it. That is in essence what we're building. Yeah. With the hopes, by the way, <laughs> of 
uh, maybe that's good to add because you know the thesis behind the idea is that this whole market is going to happen you know so in three to five years uh, web3 will be a thing i think airplane tickets are going to be nfts you know so more builders nice. and more companies are going to move into this space and when they do they can use us yeah oh yeah yeah, let, let me ask you, when you have these projects, you know, these uh, new companies on your site and you list them, do you vet them in any ways or like a specific protocol that you have to determine who's going to be listed on that website that you have? Oh, yeah, it's totally curated right now, you know, so in a new market like this and, and also I think for the past years in Web2, you know, it's it's the, the bar to making a product, a digital product is so low that any anyone and their mom with an, an idea, you know, and, and most ideas suck, they can create a thing. So what I've seen from my experience in Product Hunt is that, um, yeah, there's just a lot of shitty ideas, which is fine. You know, people have to try things, uh, things out and just build stupid stuff. I mean, I, I did the same. Um, but on our platform, we are really aiming to create like a high quality in offering. So that doesn't mean that when you're just starting out, uh, you cannot be on there, but it's, uh, yeah kind of has to be a, a solid thing, like not a, a not something flaky. Because also on the other side, we are really trying to do our best to create high quality profiles of these people that actually contribute to, to this listing. So for now, um, it's definitely curated. Maybe in the future, we can uh, make that more open so that you know anyone can create uh, a listing and, and, and get feedback. But for now, we are kind of in between there. Also for us to learn like who's building what, what are their challenges and their questions. So we are just really working in a high touch, hands-on way uh, with founders and builders to, to create the listings for them. Yeah. That's awesome. And I saw that you obviously you're, you're fully doxxed, you and your partner are fully doxxed, which I think I talk, talk about this a lot is that it's so important, in my opinion, to have, you know, a fully doxxed project because that leads to transparency. Who's the face behind the, the brand and the, and the product? Um, is that something that you look for when you list these projects? It's just like, I, I want to make sure you're doxxed or is that something you don't really like factor in? No, not necessarily. Like uh, uh, we've had some projects on there that, from people that are not doxxed, but I do want to talk to them. So I tell them like, uh, you can be pseudo anonymous uh, listing wise, you know, or whatever you put on your website, but I do want to talk to you because, you know, for me, it's also very important that I speak uh, to an actual person kind of in person, you know, uh, mm -hmm. in, in a video meeting. Um, yeah, because I also have to learn from from them, you know, because we are also in the early stage. So uh, I do ask to talk to a real person, but they don't have to represent themselves uh, in, in a doxed way, basically. Yeah. Brim, talk to me about partnership strategy, right? Because I'm seeing a lot of obviously bigger companies on early ones. And for anybody building in Web3, obviously, we all know networking, right? And the community you know is like the most important thing, right? And, and that comes from being active. So walk me through your process of like, okay, here's a startup idea. Here's how we launch it. And then here's how we close this next big deal and get a partnership that's mm -hmm. going to get us, you know, in front of a lot of viewers. Because I think that's something very important for everybody who's entrepreneurial trying to build in this space as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is a fun question. Like in general, um, I think that anyone in the earliest stages of their idea has to keep in mind that nobody cares that you made a thing. So it's mm -hmm. up to you to, you know, hustle and reach out and try to to gather as much in our case listings as possible and to connect with uh, with people. And yeah, I I, um, I don't know what people currently 
think of the term hustle, by the way, but I always call it hustle. Like you have to just try, you know, like you cannot expect for people to wake up in the morning or, you know, I cannot expect for people to wake up in the morning and think like, hey, I'm going to email Bram at early ones. That doesn't make sense. So we really have to, you know, get out there and and build these relationships and, uh, and, and learn as quick as possible also to understand what our added value is, right? So I think our pitch or our proposition changed five, six times already. Every time we make it a bit more, more sharper or solid. And um, yeah, I think that in general is for everyone who's, who's building something new. And then in our case, um, we are really trying to focus on kind of these organizations that have a high throughput of, of ideas. So really uh, connecting with venture builders, accelerators, uh, investors to see if we can help with their portfolio. And yeah, to be honest, there's no no real magic sauce. It's just numbers and work. I uh, I would love to give you like a golden tip, but uh, the secret button. Yeah, we need a secret don't button. Have one, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's no there's no secret button, and I think that's good actually. You know, like I like uh, I, I I you know for me that's a level playing field in general. Building stuff on the internet uh, for most people it's a level playing field. Um, yeah, you just have to show that there's value in what you're creating, you know? Um, yeah. So I hope that's yeah, an answer. No, that's great. That's a great answer. What would, what would you say is, uh, you know, you obviously deal with a lot of startups prior to Web3, you know, Web2, and that's, you talked about doing that for 20 plus years now. Um, what, what do you see is like the biggest common issue that just these startups typically face? That uh, way too many people are focused on the thing they make. So... You know, it's easier for... And not on the consumer, yeah. Like, um, you know, like I just said, it's it's become easier to create a thing. So when you build a thing, you know, a digital product, it's not about it's not about what you created. And when you ask people, for example, you know, can you pitch me your product? And you hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm better, cooler, faster, fancier than, you know, whatever other products are out there. And... I really believe that eventually it's about the value you you deliver, you know, and I always give this analogy that I call the pizza analogy is when you order a pizza, you have seen a picture of the pizza and a description of the pizza and like the price and how long it takes for it to get to your house, etc. And at one point you're convinced you pay for the pizza and then you expect that what has been promised to you, right? So it arrives on time and it tastes a certain way and it is warm and you you already paid, so you got it. But how the pizza is made, you know, in what, what kind of supersonic oven or how it gets delivered if the guy is in a van or, or on a scooter or running through your house, like nobody cares. So you, it, it's, it's about delivering the value that you know people expect uh, and, and what they expect is mostly based on what you told them up front, right? Um, so I think too many people focus on the how uh, uh, where you should focus more on the why. Like why should my product exist? You know, it's not about... Can I build this thing? Which is mostly yes. Uh, it's more about should I build this thing? Where for most ideas, it's no because most ideas, you know, suck and that's fine. I mean, for for early ones, I still don't know if this is a valid idea. You know, if this can actually be a business. Um, so yeah, I always try to keep keep that in mind as well. Uh, this is what I was gonna say. So we all know the to earn culture, right? And Web three is gonna be big. Like everything you see that's being developed is some some sort, some way, learn to earn, engage to earn, play to earn, play to earn, so on and so yeah. forth, right? What is one segment of that to earn 
sector, I guess, that you see that there's a lot of people trying to solve that problem or at least be very creative with it, but it's just not there yet based off obviously what you've seen from early ones and applications and what you guys are trying to do. Mm, that's a that's a fun question. Like uh, if I apply it to early ones, I, I I don't know what the to earn for us would be. I once tweeted uh, we do like contribute to earn, and then someone yeah. replied, "Well, that is ju- that is just a job." And then I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point." Uh, so then I was kind of baffled, like, "Okay, what am I actually doing?" But uh, yeah, yeah, that that was fun. Like, uh, but. But there is something there, you know, like, I don't know if it's contribute to earn, but actually, yeah, it's it's a it's an analogy of all these things is kind of like provide value to earn or something like that. Um, I was pretty deep in kind of the play to earn part. Like, I love what Treasure Dow is building. I don't know if you know them with magic and uh, small brains and, and uh, bridge world and all these things. Um, and even there with with a crazy team, you see that. Yeah, it's just really hard to to kind of get over that point where enough people adopt it, you know. And I think in general, this whole space is still too small to to have a project like that really blow up more and become sustainable. Like I think there's too too much noise still of uninteresting, unimportant, just you know, fucking around type of products, which is logical in this phase. But yeah, you cannot expect for people to ditch their, I don't know, PlayStation or or, or, or Nintendo Switch in order to spend time on some some play to earn type type game. There's just not enough people yet to, you know, the pie is not big enough where you can get these people from. Um, but I do see the biggest potential in that play to earn part. Like I love the analogy of, you know how people now own uh, in-game items in in uh, non non-crypto games that they don't actually own. You know, like for me, it makes a lot of sense to have games where you actually own the things you own on the screen, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, um, and then can trade with others and you know do do all these things. So I see the biggest potential there, but I just don't think that enough people understand or know or are active and and eventually it's all about attention basically so yeah like what would make someone ditch a playstation 5 uh, uh game or or you know a few hours of playing playstation so yeah one thing i've noticed is like i feel like a lot of the crypto startups we're starting to see is, are really trying to tackle like hey let us pay you just to come in from like day one where i think it's hurting us in the long term like there's a company i think i've seen on on early ones as well and i've been keeping an eye on uh smoothie right it's a discover to earn platform mm-hmm. uh matt kim uh founder they just raised 1.2 million dollars which was pretty fun but one thing that stuck out from what he said i think he tweeted out he was like we focus on building web 2 first and building a newsletter and then from there we're like hey now that you're already opening our newsletter and getting value now we're going to go ahead and say Here's how we're gonna reward you with tokens, whatever the case may be, right? Of course, yeah. For me, that's the most logical approach, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and and I and I think from what I've seen personally, and and you let me know, obviously, your take on this is like there's too much. Hey, come day one, just do something for us, and we're gonna pay you, and then they leave and they never come back because they only come for that monetary value or that just earning platform. Yeah. I think that's kind of the the tail end of the gold rush we had. Like I, I, I and maybe that's still there. And I, I also think that is part of of something new like this. Like any new 
uh, media type evolution, you know, whether it was radio, TV, internet, SMS, like all these things, like everything starts as like a wild west gold rush, everyone trying to figure out how to make money. You know, that's also, by the way, I think where a lot of people who say Web3 is never going to work, get their arguments from without Mm -hmm. understanding that this is always, this always happens with something like this. Yeah. But since, uh, you know, exchanging value and uh, having increased and decreased value of the things we exchange and all this, like, since that is like an, a, a core part of this whole revolution, I think it could take a bit longer <laughs> in, I agree. in this case. Um, but I think it's it's really a downside of, of this. And um, that's why I think, you know, the, the products that are going to, or the people that are building now and the products that are, hopefully going to emerge and succeed our products that bring actual value to the people who use it where, you know, people want to join it because they see the possible value that they can get out of, you know, a product, a service or a game instead of being, you know, bought as a user uh, with some sort of token drop. Like I, I totally do not follow that. Um, yeah. Kind of that, that approach. And I think I like the quote, uh, that is like you know price price is only a um, price is only a problem in the absence of value. In mm-hmm. uh, here, it's kind of the other way around. You know, like when you when you kind of give people money upfront, how can they discover your value, or how can you as a builder also discover their value? You know, like not all the people that you acquire are your ideal users, which mm-hmm. I think makes total sense. But uh, I see uh, uh, in, in like the startup Web 2 world, I think a lot of people know this already. But mm-hmm. also in Web 3, what I do think is interesting, you see people make this um, mistake. Um, but I also think it's because a lot of first time builders, you know, let's say uh, some some young people like uh, end of their teens, early 20s who are making like their first digital product, like a Web3 product is their first digital product, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so they're going to run into the same challenges and kind of traps um, that that builders in Web2 already kind of know or maybe a bit older builders, uh, so to say. So, um, yeah, I just think it's part of it. And uh, eventually it's about finding out who delivers real value and then. Um, yeah, I, I hope there's going to be a few of those companies. Yeah, me yeah. too. And so it's, it's funny you bring that up about providing real value because lately I'm sure you heard there's a lot of controversy, specifically in the NFT space, regarding like 0% royalties. We saw D Gods recently change their royalties to 0% from, I think, what, 9%. So they're looking to change their business model while still making revenue without using secondary sales to you know, fund their project. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on zero percent, like uh, you know, creator royalties? I mean, this is such. A- I think this is a super nonsense panic play. You can clip this. <laughs> I would happily tweet it. You know, the, it's just like, oh yeah, uh, oh I I made something that is apparently not valuable uh, valuable enough for people. So I'm gonna listen to the I'm gonna listen to the complainers. And change my royalty to 0%. Why do these people complain? Because they want to sell your NFT. But they don't want to give you 9% because you made a sucky thing. You know, I don't know D-Gods, by the way. I don't care. It's just more in general. You know, yeah, you made a sucky thing. People want to sell. And then they're like, damn, I still got to give you 9%. I don't want that. It's kind of like you have to Google product death cycle by Andrew Chen. It, it, 
it has three parts. The first part is no one uses your product. The second part is you build new features. Third part is no one uses uh, uh, <laughs> the new features and then it goes round and round. This is the same thing. You know, people complain because they bought something that eventually sucks. Yeah, do your own research, you know, like that is part of the thing. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I think that this is a super nonsense uh, uh, something. Uh, you know, most ideas suck again. So most NFTs projects will suck. If you have an X amount of money to invest in an NFT project, you have to do your own research and think about what you're ready to lose because everything is new. Um, so for me, it's uh, partially a weakness when I, I projects listen to this. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> and and for me, coming from Web2 as well, obviously, in the e-commerce world, I understand like specific terminology, right? Like your average order value, your lifetime customer value, right? And as a business founder, when you launch new products and you're doing different decisions to essentially sell more products, those are some of the main KPIs you're looking at. But the thing is in Web3, they look at it as like, hey, these guys are just trying to make more money. Oh, this is royalties. We can't give them this, right? It's like, no, we but should get a free are also airdrop. in it for making money. So exactly, the, exactly. It's the, same it's the same argument. So... I honestly don't, I, you just mentioned like this discussion about D-Gods. I just don't follow these things because I think you are countering with an argument that was your argument when you Correct. bought the NFT. So what yeah. is, like, what are you doing? It's only somewhat valid because enough people are complaining about agree it. agree with it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they agree with it. And then, and then, and then it becomes a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, most startups and ideas fail, so... Obviously, also in this space, you know. No, I was okay. I was just saying how I th I think it's so important that that, that royalties exist in NFT space because this is like the the bloodline and the 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 cash flow for these companies to start and build their their brand, and that's as if they actually have a product and actual usage, and they have a long term vision. They plan on having certain benchmarks they will fulfill and hit by a certain time, and I think that's so important. And I think without royalties. How are these projects supposed to uh, survive and grow? I mean, specifically in a bear market, one. And two, the fact is, like, you know, they're just such, they're a new startup. So it's like, where are they getting, you know, revenue to begin with? Because they don't really have a product. They're working on creating a product. So my point is, you know, I think royalties are so important to, you know, the space and creating that kind of new wave of businesses and companies. I 100% agree, like having no, no, no royalties and arguing that kind of says, okay, uh, you have to deliver, uh, kind of forcing these creators to deliver value. No, that's, that's the wrong thing. Like how, sorry, how I see it is when we talk about like uh, having a more equal value exchange, right? So for example, what I see could be a possibility is uh, for NFTs. Uh, I see this example with uh, SaaS tools, for example, you know, when someone now in Web2 basically buys a SaaS tool, a lot of people go for like a yearly subscription, right? Because that's cheaper, etc. So let's say Mo is building a SaaS tool and I become a customer and I pay you my uh, yearly fee. In essence, Mo could sit on his hands and do nothing, right? Because I paid him for what he has at that moment. There's no other, uh, uh, you know, promises, Value, all these things yeah. like mm -hmm. I paid for access for what Mo has right now. So basically you could sit on your hands and then, you know, do nothing for a year. 
let's say that yearly subscription is an NFT that is freely tradable on the market. If I buy an NFT, which is my access pass to Mo's uh, SaaS tool, and Mo stops delivering value, then I can think at one moment, well, hey, uh, you know, this tool now sucks. I don't see anything changing, etc. And I can freely uh, trade this access pass on the market where I can set the price for what I think the access to Mo's tool is worth. And because that market then sets the price for the access to Mo's tool, Mo is kind of forced to keep working uh, on his tool to have this equal kind of value, uh, what he delivers and what other people are willing um, to pay for it. So I really see that as a possible concept like um, uh, in the future. And I'm not really sure if this was an answer to your question, but that is what I thought about. <laughs> what I thought about. Sure. Um, Oh, yes. But by the way, those royalties, um, yeah, I think it's logical. Like you, you it, it's just a new way of, uh, of, uh, of, of having kind of a part of this little economy, especially I think for creators in more in like the art or music or all these things. Like currently they do not get royalties after first sale, which totally does not make sense. Uh, and with royalties, you can reward the original person that created the initial value with you know continuous rewards um while while what they created is is traded between people absolutely and oh, yeah. uh, i wanted to bring up something that you tweeted out about how if crypto is truly decentralized i'm gonna do this decentralized um you know you know you know you know we, we saw we saw you know bnb chain get halted the other day after that massive hack what was it like half a billion dollars and then solana like a week ago uh, they had like a duplicate like validator or something that they messed up, so they had to stop that chain. I'll also bring up Sushi Swap. They have 11 million votes when they vote for changing their protocol, but it only equates to five wallets making the majority of decisions. So, <laughs> I get what I'm going to tie this question to is: Do you really believe like crypto is decentralized, or it's going to be the same people pulling the strings now, and this they have the control of this technology, and it's just the, you know, the rich continue to get richer, and you know we just are fed this narrative that you know this technologies decentralized yeah i think there's a few parts to this question but keep in mind you're talking to a bitcoin maxi so everything other than bitcoin is <laughs> a shit coin yeah like i you know i believe that so show me any other network that is truly decentralized there's none only bitcoin um and i don't necessarily know if we need a fully decentralized network uh, other other than Bitcoin, you know, I think Ethereum um, uh, with the whole proof of stake thing. I think in the in in the definition only, proof of work makes more sense than proof of stake. You know, get rewarded for what you do instead of getting rewarded for what you own. Like for me, that doesn't make any any sense. But let's see how how it works out. I think in in when you talk about it like that, I think Ethereum is 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 has become better, but all these other examples that you just gave, you know, there's nothing decentralized uh, about that. So let's also, you know, adjust our expectations in terms of all these networks where, yeah, it's just not decentralized. It's, it's just not. So uh, if we accept that, then we can continue. And if, and if enough people don't accept that, you know, then, then I think that is just, uh, yeah, I, I like in that sense, pure kind of, um, capitalism or a way of the market if enough people like it then it works if enough people don't like it then it doesn't work you know so 
that's kind of how I see. And, and, and in the end, it's always, again, do your own research, like, especially in this space, also because it's so new and there is like, uh, there are some boundaries to enter, like you have to educate yourself. So, um, yeah, I think that is important. And what you said about like rich getting richer, I do think that this space is so open and so new that anyone from anywhere can join. Um, so yeah, if you put in the time and put in your interest and, and make sure you get up to speed, then anyone can profit from this, uh, this market in this stage, you know, like for example, the whole DeFi thing, summer, etc. I totally did not pay attention. Uh, and I could have, and then I could have had made a lot of money, you know, um, same as with, I saw the board apes mint and I thought this is but that is, but that is part of this stage of this yeah, early, right. early stage. Yeah. And that is also why it's so fun. Uh, in this bear market, it's, it's, uh, you know, way less opportunity, but I think like six, seven months ago, like each day could change your life. Like uh, I know this guy, uh, Tom Osman, Aussie, he, he, he bought this ether rock for, for 5k and sold it for 1.2 million in, uh, I don't know, nine or 19 days, you know, that was possible. And it's not that he is special. Sorry, Tom, if you listen to this, but I like, you know, like anyone can do, anyone can do this. So I think it's actually democratized, you know, and, and the same goes for Bitcoin. Like sometimes I see people complain on Twitter, like, Oh, this rich person buys another Bitcoin. Yeah. If you paid attention five years ago, you could have had a Bitcoin or more. So what this is more democracy than the euros and dollars yep. and pounds and whatever in your pocket. So if you're interested, you have to get to work and it takes a lot of work. And I, I'm not saying I'm there yet. Like each day I'm uh, trying to figure it out, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. easier to complain. That's another tweet of mine. I don't know if you saw that, but like, it's fucking easy to complain, you know? So yeah. you either don't do anything and you complain without any substance or you challenge yourself and, and dive in and, and try to figure it out. You know, like uh, even with us three, we were talking about this, but it's not about, it's not like we have figured this out. You know, yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. You know, you know, you touch on a few good things. I mean, you're a Bitcoin maxi, so I, I don't want to like, you know, make your brain explode. You know, because you miss a few opportunities. Well, I'm not, I'm not as bad as the others. Like, I have. Like, I, 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 I miss a lot of opportunities too in the NFT space. But uh, so I'll basically, you brought up DeFi summer in 2020, which is huge. Like that was like the narrative then. NFTs booming in 2021 was the narrative. You know, now we're in a pretty bad bear market. What do you think the narrative will be for the next bull market? What do you think that the next thing will be? Good question. Actually, today I was thinking about when would this market return? I'm not sure if that's going to happen when Ethereum hits 4K again. If that's ever going to happen, I don't know. Um, to be honest, I, I I don't know. But if I had to guess, I think it would be a new type of angle kind of like how we went from the ico type of application to this nft artsy type of application i think just another yeah good replicable example of of another type of utility or application and then eventually that will crystallize itself but um yeah maybe it will be what i mentioned with the SaaS tools with the nft access type things i mean with early ones, for example, we are using an NFT 
uh, as like a premium access pass. So where yep. people who want to contribute on our platform uh, can have access to like more valuable and interesting listings. Um, yeah, to be honest, that is also an experiment. You know, I, I think it works up until now, but we are also just trying. So that's also why I just encourage anyone to, to dive in and try more and build more and try to figure it out. Um, but for me, there's no one answer to what is, what is going to revive this market again. I think there's a lot of macro, uh, macro stuff going on, which, uh, doesn't help a lot of industries by the way. So, uh, yeah, you know, and eventually it's about attention and, and the amount of, um, money or motivation and, and time that you're willing to spend to, to learn about something or build in, in a certain space. And, uh, yeah, I think in general, it's just uh, rough for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. 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 Bram, let me ask you this. So obviously at early ones, you guys see a lot of ideas come and go, right? And I'm sure some make it, some don't. What are some shitty ideas that you think can be done way better in web three that people are just like completely missing out? <laughs> I love this question. Um, well, I do think, um, I like these like private NFT sale type of uh, products, you know, like pseudo swap. And I, uh, saw another one last week. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, but you know, pseudo swap, right? Just this yep. for me, that is really kind of the core of what this tech could do. Like I own something, I can create a deal for this thing and any way I want, I can distribute this deal and anyone from wherever that I don't actually have to know or meet can buy this thing of me. You know, for me, that is an amazing uh, uh, example. And um, it's also interesting, I think, to see that you now have pseudo swap, but you also have marketplaces like OpenSea where this whole access is gated and centralized and all these things where something like pseudo swap is truly, um, yeah, can be used by anyone. So I really like that. Um, but other dumb ideas. Well, I saw this product uh, uh, like a few months ago, which was uh, kind of like um, Venmo for crypto. <laughs> where you could just say like, oh, uh, this is a payment request from my account. And uh, and then you can share that with the person. And then you saw in your overview who paid or who didn't. And that for me is just, yeah, it's, it's just such a simple concept. But then putting it in, in, in a crypto context, I don't think those things work. Like, uh, I don't know. That's just too too basic or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe I, I'm not really making sense because I think pseudo swap is also very basic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just. But also maybe what I dislike the most, or what I think are the stupidest ideas, is just like okay, take something from Web two and I give it a Web three typeish sauce or something, and then and then it's decentralized or we have a token. You know, uh, I um, I'm honestly super interested to see if there's going to be any like decentralized social network where you have tokens and exchange with tokens when you get a like and all these things like mm. kind of skeptic uh, skeptical about this um and i actually think that products that are kind of in between so i recently joined farcaster uh, i don't know if you know that's kind of uh, they say we are a decentralized enough or a decentralized enough social network or something so they have parts of web 2 it's kind of like twitter 
but also when you create an account, you do it with your wallet, you have your backup phrase, you can connect uh, NFTs as a uh, avatar, you know, that's very basic, but you can also see because they have this social graph, who uh, of the people you followed minted what or traded what, so you can find what people that you are interested in are actually trading or minting. So um, yeah, I really like that angle of, of yeah, combining the good of Web2 with the good that we now have of Web3 in a product. Yeah. Okay. Give me the other side of the question. What are like three to five companies that you actually like what they're building and the concept is there? Uh, not, there's not a lot actually. I like I like Brave Browser. I think number one. Of I um, yeah. I think I think that that is very logical. Where uh, that's a good example of where it is logical. Where you take a Web two concept and give it some sort of like Web three sauce. There's obviously a lot of comments that people can still give on that, but uh, I think it's better than what you have as an alternative. Uh, yeah, good questions. Um, I like, there's a new company called Hotline. It's gethotline.xyz, I think. Get Hotline. Oh, yeah, we had them on early ones. Sure. Yeah, I like this. This is kind of, uh, they say share and chat directly with your fans. Mm. And it's a really nice and fancy landing page. But eventually, and somewhere in the FAQ, it says this is this is kind of like early ones. Or early ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only fans. Only fans for Web3. Nice. Um, which is obviously definitely going to work, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, like those are very two general concepts. I think I, uh, to be honest, I don't have. There's not that many concepts where I think like, wow, this is totally, totally uh, different. But again, I also kind of think that's logical in this in this stage. Like most super experimental ideas or that people chop up, I think they die prematurely just because there's not enough people to, to try them out and discover them. So, um, yeah, I hope that's an, <laughs> that's an answer. No, that's what great. about you? Like, what's the, can you name one thing? Like now I'm uh, curious too. Um, honestly for you guys, I like what you guys are doing. Like early ones is pretty dope, right? I just came across it. Smoothie was also pretty dope. Um, you know, the discover to earn. I personally, I'll tell you right now, like for some of our listeners, we're trying to figure out the right pattern to kind of add that Web3 culture into our company. And I think it's going to be somewhat engaged to earn. I don't know if that's the right term for it. And, you know, maybe I give you the elevator pitch yeah. right now and you tell me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your name. Right. But ideally, like I think the way Web2 media companies are built is pretty standard, right? Like you pay for a subscription, whether it's a premium newsletter, whatever the case may be. You watch podcasts all the time and you get information, right? But a lot of people, that information doesn't resonate with them. So how can we as a media company sense reward those people for not only watching and getting information, but actually spending their time with us, right? And I think adding mm -hmm. some type of earn mechanism to that, whether it's points or tokens, and then allowing them to come back and participate in our podcast, for example, promote your actual company if you have one, right? For entrepreneurs, you know, maybe even purchase Web3 items through our platform. So I think something like that is kind of the idea that we want to head towards with Seafree. So what are your thoughts on something like that? Yeah, I think that's interesting. What, what I what I find difficult is that, and, and we have the same basically, right? So mm -hmm. the part of early ones that also comes from my personal uh, experience is that I, yeah, I think I helped hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years with feedback and are being interviewed or just, you know, 
being in touch with them, but I never got any money or reward for it. And now with our platform, we are introducing a reward for doing that exact same thing. And I think it's still to be determined, like what is the effect of offering a reward for doing something where they're already doing it without it? Perhaps. Yes. So, so in essence, like, is there more value when people, when someone does it from interest and maybe there's interest in doing it plus interest in getting paid for it. You know, there can be, these, these things can mutually exist, but once, yeah, you introduce that kind of the relationship changes, you know? So for example, what you just said, like if people are just gonna read articles and scroll all the way down to the bottom and then you get like a notification like this person read the whole article and then you give them some sort of token. Yeah. If everyone just scrolls down and you give them tokens and they don't read it, <laughs> you know, what yeah. is the value there? Um, uh, but so I don't think it's a comment on your concept. It's more in general. What I find right. a super interesting thing is that the more transparent you are, the more hard it gets to build a business or uh, you know, show your real value, right? So uh, I, I hope this makes sense because the more fake you are, the less options people have to comment on or to game or to, yeah. you know, uh, it's the same as like, you know, um, physical print, uh, just like a physical print magazine. They sell ads based on the amount of time someone on average reads a magazine 1.42 times and we have a hundred thousand uh, editions so that's 140,000 impressions so that costs you 20k for some ad there aren't any more metrics right yeah. so that is what you get do you want to do you want to advertise as a brand well then this is what i can offer and it's up to you to figure that out okay but when if i what if i add a qr code in my ad so then I can track how many people, you know, actually did something, for example, based on the ad that they saw, you know, what can I expect as a, a as a, you know, honest um, conversion rate? Those companies cannot tell you, you know, yeah. so that is where the promise of a company like that stops. But once you have more insights and more transparency and more metrics and all these things, it becomes way more difficult to actually you know, get to a point where you can say, this is the value I add, and this is the value that you that you get uh, from me. And I think that is interesting, but it's also makes it makes it harder to um, yeah, sell your product. For example, uh, I have another uh, idea, which is currently shelved. But uh, what I love is that in blockchain with blockchain, for example, Etherscan, you can see all the interactions of all the people, right? So you could have public overview of big companies or platforms or services in Web3 with actual user numbers, like verified, open, public user numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's something I also maybe want to build in the future. But I think that's so interesting that you can actually show, you know, what is valuable to people, who is actually logging in there or signing messages there, etc. Um, so I like the transparency of data, but it gives, it's going to be more difficult for for people to build a sustainable business on that just because it is so open you know so uh, yeah. I, I do like it as a challenge but um yeah you, yeah you definitely said it uh, it's just like finding out the equivalent like per click how do you like incentivize and provide the monetary value per usage right what does a click equate to in terms of dollar value what is a view equate to in terms of dollar value it's, it's trying to figure out these metrics which is very difficult it's like essentially figure out the right tokenomics right 
So yeah. I, I think I think that's the the big question mark that a lot of people face is that is where do you really go from here? How do you incentivize people to use your product? But also, you know, how do you pay them based on their usage? And I think that's something that is very difficult to figure out. Um, you know, just you know, because obviously we see Facebook make a crap ton of money just from you know people's data and usage. But how are we going to incentivize and actually provide that uh, monetary value for the users' data that they use? So that that's just the biggest question mark that I have is just how are they going to figure out that equivalent per dollar value? Yeah, and I think that's also just something to be discovered for most products. You know, like. Um... For some products now in Web3, it's very logical to take, you know, X percentage of a certain transaction, you know, like at Coinbase or maybe PseudoSwap or like that is very basic and logical. But when you get to more complex products, so for example, a social network, uh, you know, a a revamped or renewed or (laughs) innovative social network, like, yeah, where does actual value come from? and you also see it with Brave, by the way. You know, very huge. A lot of people use it. What is what is the what is the model ads? You know, so um, some in, in some contexts uh, context um, existing models will still work, but I think they are very limited. So the question is, how do we how do we create and what are these new models of you know uh, the value exchange between? the creators and the users of, of these products. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to ask you one more question before we wrap this up. I know you got to leave pretty soon, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. If there's one thing you learned building early ones, obviously in the short time period that you've been building it, what would it be that you would give to another founder coming into the space? Uh, oh, nice question. That, although, so for example, in the beginning, I said, you know, I'm a real uh, believer in, you know, you, no one cares about what you build. You have to go out there and hustle and try and all these things. Like, I am that believer, but now that I'm again doing it, I'm realizing how difficult it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I think, I think that is probably a daily kind of conversation or struggle I have with myself that I know that no one cares and I have to do the work. Although I think that what I'm building is very cool and valuable and can also, you know, be sustainable in the long run in, in this space where I think this space is going to happen. So yeah, try to remember yourself that, uh, that yeah, you have to do the work and you can expect for anyone to wake up in the morning and think like, Hey, I'm going to use your product. You know, I think that's the most important thing. Um, But also remember that you can change your product still a million ways, you know, like you can build anything. So whatever happens uh, or whatever feedback you get, you can, um, you can basically build anything you want. So uh, that's also very cool. I I love that. Bram, thank you so much for hopping on guys. If you haven't checked out early ones, make sure to check them out below link is going to be in the description. As always, make sure you guys subscribe. We'll see you on the next week.